unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey guys, we're back with our annual guest, Christopher <laughs> Cunningham. Yeah. He's been on the show before. Uh, what was the last episode you were on? Do you remember what the topic was? So it was um, basically how to kind of think through your your faith um, mm. more more critically and how to deal with challenges to your faith uh, in a way that uh, that was open and healthy and respectful to mm. your existing beliefs. Kind of an epistemology thing. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wouldn't have described it that way, but yeah, I guess you're right. It okay. wasn't the epistemology episode. Oh, not the. Not oh yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. But I remember that was one of my favorite episodes ever. So if oh, you guys haven't kind. seen it yet, no, seriously, it was so great. So we'll have it linked down below so you can see our previous video with Christopher. But we're so excited to have him back. I had so much fun. I'm so glad to be to be back. Fun fact. I don't know if I can say this. I can't. But I'm going to. <laughs> but fun fact. I owe my current job to. Christopher Cunningham, because oh, you were the first person who reached out to me. I did. So I saw I saw his Sunday Pews articles, uh, and they were brilliant, of course, if you've never seen them. And uh, and so then we were talking about it at uh, one of our staff meetings, and mm -hmm. then Rachel. <laughs> My producer's looking away, and then she's got nothing to do with me. Had also read your articles, and so on a total whim, I thought maybe we could try and recruit this guy. But anyway, so I just sent a Facebook message to Sunday Pews, like I had no idea who it was, and just started a conversation. <laughs> and uh, I was doing hiring at the time, and ended up uh, meeting David and um, bringing him in. So. I mean, I was the one that reached out to him. I wouldn't say it was my fault. I think it was that your so fault. many so, so so many people had enjoyed your stuff that it was just obvious. I didn't think there was any way in the world that we could convince you. Wait, to, so that was to, before you became a host. Yeah, on yeah. And yeah. He was yeah. an intern. For I a was while. an intern with ThirdHour.org. Well, it used to be called Mormon Hub. Okay, um, I did not know that whole story. Yeah. That's 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 my origin it's story. Origin, I was just to say. <laughs> yes, that's how I came into being. <laughs> but anyways, we've got Chris back, and Chris, you're not on hiring anymore. You're working on a new project. I am. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yeah. it. Well, so we are launching a new a new magazine called Public Square Magazine, publicsquaremag.org, uh, and we're we're launching it because we noticed that. The way we talk to each other in public doesn't really seem to be working. Um, there's sort of this grand tradition of the public square, you know, from the from the old Greek agoras to the New England town yes. squares, right? The Greek agoras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know you what I'm talking know. about, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, people would be there, and they would, and this is how sort of civic discourse would happen. And now we've gotten away from this, and all our civic discourse is happening so far apart, uh, where anonymity can can play into it, mm -hmm. and we're sort of having to reinvent what the public square is mm. in the internet age, right? Yeah. And so far, we suck at it, right? <laughs> like the public square is awful. Oh, it really is. <laughs> yeah, you dumb. And uh, yeah, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it, and we thought, you know, it's a time to 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 look at this and say, hey, what can we do? To, to improve what's going on here, to raise the level of discourse, um, 
uh, yeah, especially around the topics that we care about. Yeah. Because, um, you know, these these topics, they're, they're very, people are very passionate about it, which is great. Yeah. But then when that passion comes into this dysfunctional public square, it's expressing itself in pretty toxic ways. Mm. Totally. What kind of toxic ways are we talking about here? <laughs> well, so I remember the first time I wrote an article that a half million people read. Uh, and it was... Wait, what was, it? what was the title? Yeah. So the title was The Nine Facebook Myths About the Church's New LGBT Plus Policy. Oh, dang. So this is, this, is in 2000, this is in 2015. Oh, dang. The new policy had just came out. A lot of people were very upset about it. Yeah. Um, but as President Nelson just said, the policy was born out of love. And at that time, I think a lot of people were, were trying to see that. Yeah. So I wrote a piece that was trying to kind of show that. Yeah. Itself. It's like, okay, I understand why this is bothering people, but here's where I see kind of the love happening here and how this might work. And In it's not words, a disaster. There was a giant target on the wall and you put yourself in front of it <laughs> yeah. on purpose. You know, I don't know, I don't know that I recognize that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was crazy the the kind of, of discourse that this this led to. And um I mean literally death threats, right? Like this is this is not what? No, seriously, this is not weird on the internet, right? Like, if you put yourself out there, you're going to expect some person to be like, you should be dead, right? <laughs> you are you are worthless. I wish that you hadn't existed so this thing had never been written, right? Like, this is... And I wasn't ready for it then. No. Now here, five years later, this doesn't really bother me so much. But maybe that's kind of what's wrong. Like, maybe yeah. that's, we shouldn't expect no, that... people to just be like, hmm... It doesn't bother me that people wish I was dead and didn't exist. I just need to move on with my life. Oh my and so that was kind of what happened. And I remember the last time I was on on this show, right? I mean, YouTube is a special kind of crazy in the comment section. <laughs> yeah. right? and, no offense to our YouTube commenters. Well, but what's great is what a good experience I had with this YouTube channel almost exclusively. There were certainly some exceptions uh, to that, but... Um, but I think you you can find the right people. You have the kind of the right kind of moderation, the right kind of rules. I think it can work. Um, anyway, I I haven't read all your comments. I mean, there's no way anyone could read. I'm kind of curious what you guys have seen. Like, what, what kind of experience are you guys having in the comment section of these shows that's been like crazy or terrible? Yeah, David and I just like oh, exchanged a look, and we're like, yeah. Um, so we've gotten some pretty interesting comments. I mean. Some range for just being about the religion. Some range about us being so stupid to believe in the religion. And some are just personal attacks against us. I like so. seeing all the ones that, that like, pronounce Kwaku's name wrong on purpose. Those, oh, are, yeah. those are always kind of funny. <laughs> just like, zing, you, you, you pronounced his name wrong. Yeah. And I know, it's not even, like... They can't do that with David. <laughs> Well, I feel like the worst ones are when people are saying, you know that this isn't correct and you're intentionally deceiving people. Like, mm, I got works. this one that was like a Facebook message. Like, I don't have my Facebook out, like, publicly, but they found me on Facebook, yeah. totally came after me. Like, F you, can't believe you're deceiving people on this. Like, and it was horrible. Like, I made the mistake of showing my mom and I wish I would not show my mom, but oh, she yeah. freaked out. Oh. My husband freaked out. And it was like, it was really tough. And so yeah. I think people don't really like, 
I mean, in their opinion, if they think that we are actually being deceitful, like they probably think they're doing the right thing by calling us out. But yeah. I feel like people just don't really know the full story and they jump to a lot of conclusions and it's hard. And it's interesting because like, is that something that only happens to us? Like, like when I think of no. like the Pope, right? Mm-hmm. We don't believe that their religion is, you know, quote unquote, correct. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think the Pope is like purposefully trying to deceive people. Like, right. I think he's a sincere great guy but like why do people think that we're like sincerely like trying to mess people up and why do they take it upon themselves to be like i'm gonna be the one to fix it like i think at some point like there are things that i think we definitely should stand up for but i think at some point too there's not like you individually don't have to take the responsibility of this whole thing and try to tear it down i mean it's a fine it's hard because i think disagreeing is important like i don't think the solution to fixing the public square is to pretend we all agree with each other. In right. fact, I think that's one of the problems. Mm-hmm. One of the articles that we just published on the new magazine is called Definitions of Tolerance. And so what he's noticed is that there's sort of this classic definition of tolerance that's always been very meaningful to Latter-day Saints, right? Like the 11th article of faith. Mm-hmm. We believe this, you can believe whatever you want, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but we agree to disagree. Yes. Like, you're wrong, we think. Also, you're fine believing that, right? Yeah. And both of those can coexist, and that's what we've usually called tolerance, right? Yeah. We live in a pluralistic society. I can love you and disagree with you. Great. But what's happened is we started looking at uh, disagreement as troubling. Like, if you disagree with this point of view you are wrong. Mm, there's something as wrong person. as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there it, that it relates to a, a personality flaw, like your mm-hmm. story, right? Like she didn't say, oh, you see this differently from me. Oh, your experiences have been different than me. Uh, oh, you've been led to this, to this belief. It's you are some mouthpiece of deception, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like she, she took it to, to that. And, um, and it's, sort of because of this this new definition of tolerance where we sort of believe that everyone needs to to believe that all beliefs are okay are equal are equally correct so but there's no way to really believe that yeah. and so what happens mm-hmm. is that is that a lot of the people who kind of taken this idea on that oh so I my wife before we got married she had a roommate and every time so when we were dating we would like to you know discuss weighty things of life and we would <laughs> discuss this and, and go back and forth and she had this roommate who did not like debating the um, weighty things in life and so every time she was in the room and this happened she would say um, guess we'll have to die and ask God this is what she would say right well guess we'll just have to die and ask God <laughs> Um, and this was her solution to uh, virtually all the problems facing modern society. Um, you guys will have to die and ask God. She didn't want to, she didn't want to engage mm-hmm. with the debate, right? She was just like, because this sort of second definition of tolerance is so important to her, everyone's right. Everything you say is, is equally good mm-hmm. that she wasn't, she didn't want to engage. And I don't think that's productive either. Well, I think you, you use the word debate. Yeah, I get a little hung up on that word because you gotta you get you have to separate words like debate and discussion yeah. and argument as well. If someone is because I'm in the YouTube comments all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. And if you can tell that someone's there uh, just to stir up trouble, yeah. uh, then sometimes I will say, you know what, agree to disagree. Yeah, because because there's no other way to end it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 
Um, but yes, we definitely need to be, be willing to engage in discussion if it's respectful and yeah. amiable. And there's, and there's yeah. a difference between engaging and disengaging. Because I think one of the other things that, that you see as sort of an irresponsible tactic online is people who do want to discuss it over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. So when I was a little kid, um, I was probably like eight. So I'm in second grade, and we are at the store, and I had wanted to purchase some candy off the shelf, and my mother would not do this, as she never did. Um, <laughs> Dang it, Mom. <laughs> Still bitter. <laughs> and, uh, and as we're going, I am now trying to have this conversation with my mom. Well, we, you should do it for this reason, because this is how I, I was a very precocious eight-year-old. You should do it for this reason now. Well, you should do it for this reason now. And on and on and on. All the way from the checkout counter to we're loading the stuff in, in the car. And she finally says, I'm not, I'm not discussing this anymore. And I said, oh, so I won. That was that was my conclusion from this debate. She gave up on trying to meet my points. Ergo, in my eight-year-old brain, I won this conversation, this debate. But did you get the candy? Well, no, no. So. <laughs> but that's exactly it. I think there's this idea that if I'm the last person to speak, if I can keep this going, if I can continue to to point out smaller and smaller and more granular issues mm -hmm. uh, as part of a YouTube comment section I expect this conversation to go on for weeks yeah. there go I won the conversation right. there go I <laughs> there uh, go. and ergo yeah that's a <laughs> Wait, fun, fun new word I made I didn't up. even notice the Greek ergo <laughs> is that what they were but yeah I saw this this morning in fact in our YouTube comment yeah. section like the the episode was about one thing and they, the, the commenter took uh, something that somebody said, made it about something completely different. Mm -hmm. 30 comments later, it's about something completely different than yeah. that comment was about. And it's just when you address one thing, they just bring up something else. Mm -hmm. And it's just a chain of events. And they have to get that, the last word in. Yeah. Right. So. On the comment thread of the last video, there was a guy that I had engaged with. And we had gone back and forth. And I thought it had been a good conversation. I don't think um, we were persuasive at all or I was persuasive uh, at all to him um, but anyway we're going going and finally I said you know it kind of looks like here's where the disagreement was and I think we had kind of narrowed the disagreement quite a bit you know we don't have opposite worldviews it's kind of this core issue here um, so it was nice chatting with you this was great and his, his response was something to the effect of like oh you don't want to talk anymore? You're and I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, I'm sick of talking to you. And that's okay, right? Like, I don't need to consume my life talking about these issues. Yeah. I can have strong feelings on them. I can reconsider those. I think I had a good conversation with them. I think that I came out with a more nuanced point of view from that conversation. Um, and that was great for me. I don't know if he did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um but he, there was sort of this sense of, of entitlement, right? Like, you need to keep having this conversation with me until, I don't know, until when? When are yeah. we able to be done? And so I think setting our own limits for, okay, I'm done with this now. This was a good conversation. I think that's good for the kind of conversations we have. And I think we need yeah. to set those boundaries for ourselves while not being like my, my, my wife's old roommate who's not willing to engage at all. 
Absolutely. Right. And I love that you still found something and said, I gained this from this conversation. Oh, yeah. Like it's not just saying, okay, I'm going to respond a couple times and then I'm done. But you found something that you can learn. Hopefully they found something they can learn. Yeah. So it's still a productive conversation. It doesn't, you don't need to answer every single question for it to be productive and good. Yeah, that's true. I feel like sometimes it's so easy to come out of a debate or discussion and say, well, that was like a waste of time. Neither of us changed our opinion to go with the other. So what are some tips that we can use to always gain something from someone else's opinion? I think think it's a willingness to to ask yourself questions, right? To say, okay, I have my fundamental beliefs, but where can this fit in with that? And ask about other people. Like, why why do they believe that? What experiences have led them here? do they believe what I think that they believe? Um, we have this tendency to, to build up these, these straw men, right? I taught a, a group of Chinese students uh, English um, several years ago. And one of the big things we taught was logical fallacies. And so mm-hmm. I taught them um, about begging the question, circular fallacy. And the example I used that was uh, about... Uh, an argument for God. That's a circular fallacy argument, right? Uh, why do you believe in God? Because the, the Bible, Bible says, says so. so. Why do you believe in the Bible? Because God, yeah, so. God says so. <laughs> and so you have this. And so that was the example I used, even though I obviously believe in God very strongly. I still use this, this there. Uh, anyway, later on in the class, someone wrote this uh, and he was arguing against religion and used that as what religious people believed because we'd use that as a logical fallacy earlier. And he had fallen to, of course, now a straw man fallacy where he said, oh, this is what everyone believes without ever stopping to think, well, so everyone who's religious believes this fallacy? Uh, it never occurred to him just to push beyond that. Uh, well, it occurred to him after I edited the paper, but... Um, <laughs> We, we had an interesting experience at General Conference recently. So um, President Oaks gave uh, a talk about LGBT issues uh, and mentioned something about exaltation uh, and who can't get exaltation. And the response to it was that this was incredibly insensitive mm-hmm. uh, because he was saying, an AP article basically said that they weren't gaining salvation, which in the sort ah. of the regular way that we look at, at things would be saying, He's saying all gay people go to hell. And that's how people yeah. had read what his remarks were. I remember reading that story. That was, AP story, I yeah. I was appalled. And it's because no one had stopped to ask, well, what do they really believe? Mm-hmm. They were kind of trying to take what we believed and putting it on what most Christians believe. And, and that's totally understandable, right, that mistake. So another piece that we had just written in the magazine was kind of saying, hey, let us explain to you. We kind of believe some complicated things about what happens after you die. And if you knew what we really believed about this, maybe you wouldn't think we were as big of bullies as we probably seem. Like, we get it. You think we believe in this heaven and hell thing. So it probably sounds like we're really mean to people. Mm-hmm. So let us tell you what we really think. And, and I think that was great. And I think kind of being able to explain that and also understanding other people, oh, this is why you've been looking at us this way. Because you thought we meant this thing. We're so sorry that that you you know that we haven't been explaining this well. And so I thought that was another great article on, the, on this magazine. So those are some of the things that I hope we're doing to kind of try to improve what this dialogue looks like. And, and yeah. Religious dialogue for adults. Yeah. That sounds really bad almost. But like <laughs> but like engaging in dialogue. X religious not, dialogue. Not in a childish way. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, I, I think it was the um, the Wall Street Journal ran a piece several months ago from someone um, that said you kind of have to grow up with your faith, right? Like if you yeah. became a mathematician and then you said, well, I can't be a mathematician anymore. Look at what I believed about math in fifth grade; it was so simple. 
<laughs> you know, that's dumb. What I thought when I was a kid about math, that's that's way too simple. No, no adult could believe that. And you left math, that would be sad. And yet people approach their faith that way a lot. So hopefully oh, so this gives true. us an opportunity to... That um, was such a good metaphor. Yeah. That was the title of the video, right? Blew my mind Honestly, a little bit. that was so good. Don't leave math behind. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to plug? That means yes. <laughs> so last time I was here, you told me I had to uh, to get the new lip balm. So here you go. Thank you for the, wow. the suggestion. Guys. That was great. It was great to be here again, guys. This is a lot of fun, and it's really nice to see you. And just a chat about so good to have time. you. And, and there's there's a lot of value in what you're doing. Thank you. So nice. good luck. God bless. Yeah, go check out the magazine. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, all right the here, we'll put it down here. See, I'm this is my second time, so I know where the stuff is now. I'm an expert around here. And all that stuff for our channel too. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.